Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eject Rejects. I'm Ian. I'm Forrest. I'm Jacob. And today we're going to be talking about um, part one of our two-part semi-double feature 80s nostalgia of uh, the month of September. And today we're talking about my pick, Turbo Kid 2015. So, Turbo Kid was directed by some individuals that I'm going to mess up their names. Do you want me to take a stab at it? Yes, please do. Okay, so it was a uh, directing trio, and they also all co-wrote the movie as well. So, they're very close collaborators. Um, This was (laughs) Labradors. Collaborators, yes. Sounds like a dark... Well, yeah. Forces of Vet Tech. He likes dog jokes. I giggled. um, This was a Canadian and New Zealand film, um, and the three people was Francois Simard... Anouk Wissel, and then um, Johan Carl Wissel, and the Wissels are brother and sister. Yeah. I mean, anything with that accent sounds right to me, so whether you got it spot on or not. Francois. Hubert. <laughs> you get A+. Plus. Oh, you get A+, plus for that I accent. I fucked up plus. with Hubert. So, um, Hubert. Josh! <laughs> <laughs> so... Turbo Kid, these three directors, they also did Summer of 84, a film that I really liked up until the ending. It's a very kids on bike, dark themed, uh, Stranger Things feel to it without the actual supernatural aspect to it. And it was really entertaining. So these people obviously have a sense of what they like. They like 80s. They like this nostalgia. They like this this feel and atmosphere of kids on bikes. Because this film... Also had a whole lot of fucking bikes. This is an independent film. Um, pretty low budget. What did you get for that budget? Yeah, again? so the, the budget that I looked up, this was really interesting to me. Also, it made me love the movie even more. Is that apparently the budget is estimated at about 60000 yeah, Canadian dollars, which is like even lower in U.S. dollars just because the Canadian dollar, mm-hmm. at least as of this recording, because I looked it up because I was curious. Apparently right now, one Canadian dollar is equivalent to 74 cents USD. Oh boy. So oh. From, that, uh, from that perspective then, if you consider that, the movie made about $67,000 USD. So at the end of the day, this film, of course, was small for a budget overall, but it was technically a success yeah. in terms of its budget. It was on Netflix for a little while too, and it uh, probably did well in yes. uh, sales overseas. So I, I would assume they made a, a good amount of this money back, I would hope. I well, mean, apparently so, because they're in pre-production for Turbo Kid 2 uh, at the moment. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm color me intrigued. Uh, no. Okay, so oh. <laughs> this film being a very love letter, nostalgia, um, tribute to the 80s and its style, it is about an individual in a post-apocalyptic Future of 1996. 1997. 1997. 1997. The wasteland of 1997. Where people are Mad Maxi looking. They have bikes. And there's robots. It's a good mixture of pop culture and um, current culture, films, media of that, that generation kind of folded in on itself without really focusing on one specific thing, at least in my honest opinion. It's about this character who is drawn up with uh, a another character by the name of Apple, our, our two main characters being uh, Monroe Chambers as the kid, uh, who is actually in Degrassi, and huh. Lauren Slibuff as Apple, our gal that tags along with this individual in his attempt to escape um, Michael Ironside as Zeus, the post-apocalyptic overlord with 
Oh. He's the warlord of the current era. He's he's basically on um, with the water. He's basically a Morton Joe. Mm-hmm. Morton Joe of this area. Uh, Mad Maxi reference. Yeah. Um, we had a few other characters kind of thrown in there as Aaron Jeffrey as Frederick or Frederick the arm wrestler. He was a person that was combating Michael Ironside's Zeus's character for his control of the wasteland. Obviously, whoever controls the wasteland controls the water. Who controls the water controls the wasteland, and that's what. Michael uh, Ironside's character was doing. He was controlling the water with a cool little twist that we get about halfway through the film. Spoilers, and, maybe? Wait until after? Yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't going to go into spoilers, but I was... <laughs> <laughs> this film, to me, was a tonal mess. Um, and I say uh. tone, tonal, not really anything else. It had spunk and grits it had characters it was bright and cheery it had gore up the wazoo and that was great but unfortunately this film to me didn't know what it wanted to be totally so it was kind of eh for me near the end well let, let me give a brief synopsis um the force was kind of alluding to is just so we have a grounding of what's going on. So, so the kid is basically an orphan. He's growing up in the wasteland by himself, and he's basically a scavenger. And he's living kind of on the outskirts of this uh, settlement that we find him go to at one point. And then along the way, he meets up with Apple, who's this very weird uh, girl that just shows up out of nowhere. We'll talk more about that in spoilers. And um, they end up just kind of teaming up as a pair, essentially, as, you know, kind of mm-hmm. just as friends. And along the way, they get swept up with uh, Michael Ironside's character, Zeus, essentially uh, just wanting to control stuff. And the reason why that all happens is because the kid has an obsession with, um, who is both a comic book character in this world and also a real person, pre-apocalypse, known as Turbo Man. No. Turbo Rider. Turbo Rider. Thank you. I've watched so many reviews no, and I'm like, no, Turbo Man is from Jingle All the Way. Yes. <laughs> Not, don't disgrace this movie oh, by comparing no, it to Turbo, the bad Turbo. Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> character. I'm sorry. No. It's Turbo thank Rider. You. Thank you. I very, very appreciate you correcting me on that because you are correct. Yeah, Turbo Rider. So he, <laughs> Turbo Rider in this world is basically Captain America and he failed in this mission and therefore the apocalypse happened. The reason why that's important is Turbo is um, the kid who becomes Turbo Kid has an obsession with Turbo Rider and he has all these old comics and stuff and he's like constantly training to get more comics of this character and along the way he actually finds Turbo Rider and he finds Turbo Rider's secret superhero weapon which is basically the power glove from the 80s in every single way and he dresses up and he basically loots the body of Turbo Rider um, just plants it with his own bike helmet because he can't wear the normal helmet so that's why he's Turbo Kid so it's kind of like almost Scooby-Doo Scrappy-Doo kind of thing and he uses the power glove and blows up people in wonderful glorious explosions and that's the film and that's that's it um, yeah, that's, that's the it. film folks See you next week. No, no, <laughs> no, no, that's definitely not done. Um, I just I gotta put it out there before we go into the spoiler section. I knew nothing about this movie going into it, and I just I fell in love with it. I don't know, I don't know what specifically got me, but the overall feeling of this movie was just something that I fell in love with. I'm very aware that it has a ton of issues. This is not a perfect film by any means but you know it and it'll be more we'll get more into that in the spoiler section but i just wanted to put that out there before we get in there i fell in love with this movie it is it's it's one of my top movies that i've seen 
recently. It's it definitely makes my top fifty. It may even be in my top twenty. I like I love this movie. Ooh, wow, I'm I'm touched, Jacob. Thank mm. you. Yeah, no, dude, Thank like you. F- you made up for robot jocks by a mile. <laughs> you, you showed me one of the worst fucking movies I've ever seen to a movie that I genuinely oh, love. I need to get you drunk and watch Robot so, Wars with me. Now. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. You're on. We're on even ground now because you showed me a movie that I loathe and a movie that I love. So we're back at zero and let's keep it that way. Mm. If it's got robot in the title, Ian probably knows it. Probably. But uh, with that, I think we're going to head over into our regularly scheduled commercial break. And we will be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Part two of uh, Turbo Kid. We're going to get into spoilers and stuff. And um, first so if thing. Ha- if you haven't seen it, go watch it now before yes. you listen. Yes, um, go go watch the movie. Spoilers. The butler did it. Tim Curry comes out of nowhere. If you used that, that joke reference. already. And you know what? still fucking funny. Yeah, but now. I'm sorry. It was, was, was that not funny, Ian? No, it was not. Let's just oh, get into the well, meat and bones of this. Let's yes. get into the meat and bones of this movie. <laughs> So you I used a I, joke bef- that you used before. My, my arms right now are flailing. Yeah, he's I like a, he's yell, like Don Quixote attacking a windmill at the moment. Hey, history references. So uh, actually, that's a little true. But anyway, real quick, um, if you want to, if you want to see forest arm movements, consider going to our Patreon and giving us a little bit of money, so that way we can save up for some camera equipment. Hey, and, uh, shameless plug. Shameless plug, so you can uh, see forest arm waves every time I say meat and, and his, bones. And this look of intense hatred. Yep. Anyway, um, so moving on, going back to Turtle Kid. So th- this movie, I-, I just gotta say, guys, this movie is so weird and cute, and it's cute in like the weirdest way possible, and the reason why is because I have never seen a film that is able to blend so much childlike innocence and nostalgia with absolutely ridiculous over-the-top gratuitous gore like there are top halves and bottom halves of people landing on other people and they're like walk running around with legs stuck on their heads there's just apples running around with a with a gnome bat my gnome stick and clubbing people over the head like it's this movie makes me chuckle so much even though everything that happens it is absolutely horrible it's great you're right ian i also have never seen a movie that blends (laughs) these (laughs) genres and craziness and quirkiness into such a well-oiled machine because this isn't it funny enough though i'm still gonna recommend this film but god damn it's gonna be the next 20 minutes of me shitting on it and, and yeah. I will counter him in every single way. It's going to be reverse six-string samurai. I may counter him too, but I can. Un- I'll probably agree with some of it. But go, go ahead, go ahead. Start it out. Start it out. What do you, okay. what do you got? So what I mentioned earlier, this film is totally a mess. It doesn't really know what it wants to be as far as reality versus fantasy. You stated that this was Turbo Rider. When we when when we have this this scene of our main character the kid finding this individual who is buried underground plane crash for whatever reason he's now dead and he has the guise or the wear of turbo rider there is a small little video that comes up and basically says you're our only hope person who is now dead insert name whatever you want to call him but he never calls him turbo rider so throughout the film i'm thinking this person idolizes a comic book character that's cool throughout the film he says i idolize superheroes i want to be a superhero at the end of the film michael ironside when he's doing his evil villain rand says you can't be a superhero kind of thing that's not how this works well this it never establishes if he was actually 
real? Did, did these comics, were they inspired by this person? Was this actually a Turbo Rider? That, that tone for me is minor, but it was odd that they finally, like, revealed this, but didn't really explain exactly if this was a person pre-World Armageddon fucky-up-y shit. And with the, the, the tones of these, these characters were gleeful, but it did not, in my opinion, deserve an R rating. It didn't need it. Yes, there was gore and blood and guts, but it, it, was, un- it was undeserved. It didn't need that much gore and blood and guts. It, I thought it was overbearing, bloated, and silly. <laughs> and I, I, I love have... that shit. I love that shit. But to me, it was like, 80s, we're going to be quirky. Also, blood. Yeah. Why? Well, insert credits done. I'm sorry. Were you speaking their language I, there? I did not understand a single thing you that said was right my, there. My no. interpretation of this film was all over the place, man. So, okay. So I can definitely see where, you, where you're coming from with that. It, it, is, it is definitely all over the place. But look at the world that they're in. They're they're in a world that is yeah. literally all over the place. That's the so I thing. so I feel like I feel like the tone in that sense it fits within the world that they've created. Everyone's riding around on a bike. There's a guy who literally shoots saw blades out with his arm who never speaks and you just get his really wide eyes. Skeletron. Yeah, who, who is yeah, who is Skeletron. Yeah, Skeletron. That was actually pretty evil, cool. He's the evil um henchman. He's the Zeus. evil henchman. Yeah. yeah. And you have you have a guy, and you know we're in the spoiler section, so you have a guy who's literally using people to make the water. There's people in the water, mm-hmm. like Soylent Green people. is people. There's actually a reference to Soylent Green. Yes, it is. That's, that's the cereal. Yeah. yeah, that's what that was. Yep. No, not that one. But there's a there's yeah, a book it. title, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Ian pointed that out. Did he really? Yeah. To you. Oh. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. It's well, fine. I apologize. <laughs> I'm scatterbrained. Um, anyway, I I feel like that your problem with the movie that it was all over the place was absolutely 100% intentional because the world is all over the place. It's not. This is not a world that is supposed to logically make sense, and they stay. You know, they set the boundaries for that, and you know, yeah, it's all over the place, but they stay within those boundaries that they st- that they create what were those boundaries that that nothing makes sense those are the boundaries sure that's what i got it's like chaos incarnate man that that doesn't all right ian go i completely disagree and the reason being is because to me i disagree with you forrest on everything (laughs) um that so that this movie is supposed to be a comedy at the same time. The comedy is in the gore. It is supposed to be over the top. And I would assume that if anyone would understand that, that would be you, Mr. Evil Dead 2 lover of, because Evil Dead 2 is another great example of it. I can just think of one particular scene when Ash is chopping off his own hand with the chainsaw, and he's getting coated with blood, and it's fucking hilarious. That's great. How do you like that, but you don't understand this film? Because that's what this movie's trying to do. Also, this is Mad Max with kids on bikes. Okay, Mad Max, the original Mad Max, I mean, Fury Road as well too, but Fury Road's a little more actiony and less, you know, nastiness. Like, Road Warrior and Mad Max 1, it's very gritty, it's very dark, and there's a lot of nasty things that happen in those movies. Because it's the post-apocalypse and people have more or less devolved into animals, just like in Turbo Kid. The difference is, is they take that and they take a comedic light on it because it's through the lens of the main character, and therefore that's why it's got that innocence to it, because he's like... 
what 14 to 16 maybe is kind of like the way I got it. Either him. way, he's been trapped I mean, in a hole for the of his he's, life. Yeah, he's basically, you know, he's been raised like an animal essentially after his kids died, after his parents died. Which, by the way, his two parents were actually um, uh, Johan Carl and then mm-hmm. Anouk. Or no, sorry, it was Francois and Anouk. Because Johan Carl was also in the film yeah. as well as a random henchman in the background. <laughs> um, so all of the directors showed up as well as minor oh. bit parts. Which oh, that's is fun. Neat. That's kind of neat. Yeah, I so I disagree with you films. entirely on tone. That's that's fine. Once again, this this film to me, it 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 was mainly in part due to its fantasy versus reality theming that I felt like they did not really establish. The world was cool, the world was amazing. It painted a wonderful picture, but when you read the fine lines, the the fine lines were were, were gibberish. Uh, there, it needed for me to either go full-blown insanity or at least give us a, a more of a structure to this world because where i lost it because i i was fine with the, the gore and the goofiness but when it got to when it got to the the ending when michael ironside reveals that he is a robot and throughout the the majority of the film we we also find out that apple is a robot and that there's <gasps> oh <laughs> the gasp <laughs> robot and it has this weird scene of Michael Ironside in his big old death ray, and I didn't care for it. I thought that ending scene, it was, and I think I have it written down here, the, the final showdown, it mistook ridiculousness for, for quality and style. I love slasher films, and I love those 80s like splatter flicks because it realizes that we can either choose that, that, that ridiculousness or that stylized nature, and we can f- ride that fine line, but if we know what we want to be, we should choose one. It never really, to me, nails down what it wants to be, and I think that's more of the, the, the ability of the directors behind the screen. I think their directors know what they like. They don't know how to translate it well on the screen. That also, to me, translated in summer of 84. I think they know what they like. They have a hard time translating that visually through through storytelling in cinema. So I, I'd like to see where these guys go as directors. I'm not too impressive now. I mean, I like what they're going for. I like their stories. I just don't really like the polish. Okay. I mean, I'm not... I'm not going to sit here and argue with you on that one. That's that's fine. It's subjective. Um, exactly. I I also had kind of some getting into something I just had a I had a problem with. Um I also had a problem with the ending, but I think it was more my problem was that Apple died at the end. Well, well, that how many times <laughs> did she die in this goddamn well, film? Well, and that's that's yeah. what I'm getting yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. Her so if you're going, it's fine if they want if it's fine if they want to kill her at the end of the movie, but don't kill her fifty million times before that happens. That way, the ending when she does finally officially die, it means all that more, and it it'll actually you know it'll break it'll break the person's heart that's watching it because if you you know Apple is a character that you're either really gonna like or you're really gonna hate. She's she's a polarizing character. I feel. Like, just be based on personality alone. But they, they you know, she she gets shot. She gets her head chopped off. She just, you know, it, it's, it, they, they teased it and actually did kill her numerous times throughout the movie. And it just made her actual death scene at the end 
not mean as much. If you're gonna if you're gonna kill her numerous times throughout the movie, then you need to have her live at the end. Because well, okay, it just shows she's a trooper and a fighter. But if you're gonna kill her at the end, don't kill her at all through the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. So, so tying in with what you were talking about with Michael Ironside's character Forrest, and then also Jacob, what you're saying about Apple. So, just talking a little bit about the characters because this ties in with it as well. Is is despite me very rapidly defending this film against Forrest tirade a second ago, I do have issues with the film too. And the big one with it is that the character development is very sparse, if not non-existent, in a lot of times. None of the characters really do a whole lot in terms of their own internal development. They're just vehicles to advance the plot and even then the plot is very simplistic in a lot of ways so this is kind of more like a hangout in the world kind of movie for me in some ways um and yeah like with michael ironside the ending when they reveal he's the robot with with absolutely horrible terminator it was like it looked like you know the original like maybe when stan winston was first coming up with the terminator prop when arnold has half his face off but he was like drunk like you know just that that part yeah i can agree with you on that for us like you know oh you've now revealed i'm a robot now i'm going to activate my mouth ray of doom it's like okay that got a little goofy video game ish and then like the fact that apple just kept on getting shot lost all impact like you're saying jacob I, i totally agree with you on that um which is a shame for me because Apple was my favorite character Same. in this film. Is she was so quirky and, and earnest and weird. And at the beginning, you're like, wow, this is really weird. This is why is she so creepy, stocky, chasing the kid around the wasteland and acting all weird. And then when you find out it's a robot, or she's a, an android, technically, is, mm-hmm. the, is the proper definition that she says she is. Um, it makes it all make sense. And I thought that that actress did really well, almost she to did. a point where I think that she was better than the film served at times because she she sold playing a robot really well, kind of like Brent Spiner does with Data and the TNG series and everything. So. Her character was amazing. Her development was nothing. Like the, the actress did a really good job of portraying this, but as you guys kind of alluded to, these secondary characters were just vehicles. They were just there to push us along such as her there was no arc there's no development of her she was just killed multiple times to spur our main character to fucking do something and then frederick the arm wrestler this big tough gruff dude with uh quotable one-liners he had no arc either he was just well they hinted at it too because like he was going after zeus because he wanted revenge for his brother who had been captured and 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 fed into the yeah and they didn't do anything with that so yeah no i agree i mean and, like, so many horrible things happens to Frederick. Like, is his arm chopped off? He just all beat the crap, and he's just like, I'm going to spit out blood and cock my hat like a badass and get a robot arm, and everything's going to be fine. It's like, and I'm, okay. I'm the arm wrestling cowboy of this universe. It's literally what he is. He's yeah, an arm wrestling literally. cowboy. And that's what they just refer him to. Although, Frederick although, the arm wrestler, that's it. Although, I, I got to admit, the the scene where he he actually, like, gets gets his hand messed up, where they just reveal the the blenders and then they do the fire thing and it all kind of the fire like fizzles out. I liked that scene. I thought that was really yeah. great. Oh, the yeah, humor sure. in this movie was wonderful. It was quirky and then it, it revealed the the, um, the kind of the true nature of the scene and then it was funny. Mm-hmm. Like um, that 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 blender scene was hilarious. I really liked the the acting of um, Skeletron the main goon where he said nothing but the way he moved in jerky like he and was his on yeah, Adderall he, he, he wasn't all there yeah, he was he super was twitchy terrifying but then you you see him move around and it's it's wonderfully stupid so i i liked the um the characters and the 
the costume designs and the music in this was fantastic. The beginning song, um, Thunder in Your Heart. Oh, that, that, that song is on my eighties playlist right now. Oh, really? It is amazing. Oh, wow. That's such a good song. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I, I love synth music. Synth is probably one of my favorite genres next to rock. Um, and the, this, if it wasn't for the soundtrack, I don't think that this movie would have been as high up in my list as it is because really? it really ties cool. in the feeling of the world, which is what, in my opinion, music should be doing in movies is it really helps set the tone and it also sets the feel of the movie. And it really helps kind of push this sense of like childish, almost like... Positivity, if you will, um, while also giving you that sense of nostalgia as well during the '80s, and it also adds a fair bit of um, tempo and action at times, like um, you know, Eyes Third Genitals, which is a reference to the film as well. That's the name of the songs. Yeah, perfectly blended during that fight scene. Everything adds just about enough action while also giving you that synth '80s feel as well. Yeah. Um, so I just I want to gush on the movie just a little bit here. Um, this movie literally, like, it, it has everything that I didn't know I loved about a movie in it. It's got, it's got the unique take on an apocalypse situation. Uh, unique, the, the most unique part about it is that everyone's on bikes. I appreciate a unique, unique take on anything and when it's done well, and I think that part of it is done well in this movie. I appreciate when there's anything, like when a, when a suit gives a random, just a normal human powers. I enjoy that. I even though even though he just stumbled across it randomly, which I didn't 100% love, it was just a random he needed to get the suit for the move to happen. Exactly. Sure. I no and I and I get and I get that, but I you know, he stumbles across it and he gets the power. And I love that. And and the over the top gore was really great for me. I I thoroughly enjoyed when they when the people started stacking on top of each other when it was the upper half of a guy landing on his head and then the lower Long torso half, yeah. landing on that guy and I I don't know. And and then the humor was something I loved. I I, I don't know. I don't know why I fell in love with the movie so much. I just did. This is it's one of my new favorites and it's charming. I mean, yeah, th- no, th- it is. Th- that's really the best way I can describe this movie is if I had to sum it up in one word, it's it's charming for it being such a gratuitous bloody movie. It's it's insanely charming. Um I mean, my favorite blitz just cuz and every single time I watch I just laugh maniacally because it's just so silly and dumb as obviously the kid and Apple they have kind of a romance. The kids always like going to kiss her. They've got that kind of romance in the movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Laughing, and when they finally kiss, that's when um, basically like the like one of the bad guys blows up in this massive cloud of blood, and he pulls out like this pink polka dot parasail to cover them up, and then they're like kissing with blood just splashing down them. It's like I'm singing in the rain, but it's blood, yeah. and it just and it just holds on it, and then the blood just keeps coming, and it's like that, it's so ridiculous and goofy, and it just makes me laugh. Yes, the, the the charm was infectious in this movie, and I think surface level, which is why I liked it, surface level, the charm, and just viewing it, I really enjoyed it. The moment that I start thinking about the bits and the pieces, the, the, the moving um, the bones. rotors, <coughs> you just fucking derailed me, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Forrest. When you were getting into the bits and pieces of it. The meat and bones. Someone else go. Okay. (laughs) 
I don't know how to transition from there. I already gushed on the movie. It it the charming is infectious, and that's why I think I I think that's why I enjoyed it so much because I ne- I probably never would have watched this on my own time, and I know you had said and I know you had said we had watched the clip that it was from in the in the uh, or at least I thought we did. It was. I don't, but I didn't. But I didn't remember watching that. I don't remember watching that with you. So, if remember, I covered that scatterbrain. Um, But but if I hadn't, but if I hadn't, if you know, if you didn't have to recommend it, I probably wouldn't have sought this movie out on my own. And I'm sure thoroughly, thoroughly happy that you that you had this as a choice. And what he was referencing, it was um, I. I don't know if it was actually in it or not but abc's of death it is a anthology story where it goes through the alphabet and each letter uh, a different director does a small little short in their interpretation of death on that letter t was for turbo i don't know if it actually made it in the movie or not because i don't specifically remember but i know you and i watched that movie together so i was just wondering if you remembered that or if maybe it never made it because i know that was one of those tidbits that was floating i just so what i had read is that it was pitched to the ABCs of Death 2. This is just what I read. I don't take this as 100% factual, but I read that it was pitched as an idea for to to whoever was working on the ABCs of Death 2, and someone somewhere liked it so much that they were like, hey, make that a full-length movie, and the movie was almost entirely crowdfunded, or fan-funded off of, uh, on Indiegogo. So I thought that's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, I'm really glad that I showed this to you, Jacob, and you appreciate it as much as I did because so, so all of us, especially Forrest and I, are, are, are big B movie lovers, and we're we're assimilating Jacob more and more into the B movie genre. So to me, B movies are a very specific type of genre, and B movies don't really truly exist anymore. But this movie, Turbo Kid, and also the movie we're going to be talking about next time, uh, Final Girls, falls in the same category of like the successors to B movies, which I personally label as independent films. There are these small budget kind of works of passion, love project films that never get major theater releases. Half the time they're just released on video excuse me, video on demand or anything like that. And um, they don't really see a wide release. And these are the kind of films I think need to be talked about more. They need to be um, appreciated more because you know what? They're different. You may have differing opinions like Force and I do, but at least they're different. And they're a lot more, therefore, thought teasers, in my opinion, than like the Marvel movies, you know, and, you know the big popcorn movies. No shade, no shade against those. It's just these need to be appreciated as well, too. It was also a really fun double feature. So yes. if you guys are someone already sold on Turbo Kid, I would highly recommend watching Turbo Kid back-to-back with Final Girls. And they're both available on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. Yeah, they are. And we're going to talk a little bit more about those two movies as a whole when we talk about Final Girls. But I'm going to derail this train just a tad bit. I remember it wasn't okay. ABCs of Death that you and I watched, Jacob. It was that Amazon um, independent 72-hour movie marathon remember that so it was a premise of this direct these 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 people basically go to these different directors and say you have 72 or 75 hours to complete a film and jacob really wanted to watch it and it was dog shit oh it was was absolute (laughs) well because the premise sounds cool right like that's a cool premise you have three days to make a movie go no that's that's great i like that that's pretty and it's and it's well it wasn't horror specific 
I don't think it was. It was, yeah, it was, it was horror specific. Because okay. they literally stole the poster from chapter one, It, and used yeah, it that's right. for their poster, which I'm surprised they did not get fucking sued for that. Hmm. And, and I only mention that because this, to me, feels like one of those films, one of those films where that passion outgrew its um, its original intent and formed into this this wonderful little love letter and amalgamation of... 80s pop culture which i i appreciate one final aside that i got and then we'll move on to recommendations is well for, i'm ready for recommendations at that point is since we went on this tangent about you know these smaller budget films and everything so i have to recommend one other film as well that falls in the same category that i think like probably next no one knows about until force mentioned it to me is hunter prey which last I heard is on YouTube. It's another feature-length film. Um, I'm not going to say anything other than that than just to feel like sci-fi, you know, low-budget kind of stuff that's really well done. Hunter Prey, I really, really liked it as well. So look that up too. Um, and this is this is getting back on Turbo Kid just a little bit. Um, so obviously it's on Amazon Prime and everything. I've been trying to find a physical copy of the movie since we watched it, which as of recording this, I think we watched it about a week ago. Mm-hmm. And it is so hard to find because Blu-rays are broken down by region. And we, in the U.S. anyway, are region A. And it's super hard to find this movie without it costing, you know, like a hundred bucks in a region A copy. So, Which makes sense because this is a Canadian and New Zealand film. So, All right, but region A typically covers North America, I thought, is what it said anyway. I thought that's what it said. No, but, because you go to Mexico and that's totally different, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, if you're someone like, well, all of us, all of us like to own physical copies of things that we truly love. Mm -hmm. So if you're anything like any of us and you're looking for this, this is one that's going to be really hard to find, at least in the United States. It's going to be really hard to find a Region A copy of this. I may just shell out 60 bucks for a copy of it at some point. I I, I, I need to own this movie. I did that with Rock and Roll. I mean, I yeah, spent so much time trying to find a copy of that. It's definitely <laughs> worth similar. it. It's similar to Rock and Roll in that aspect. It's super hard to find. And fucking, it's only five years old. <laughs> ah. Anyway, going on into recommendations. <laughs> um, I would definitely recommend this film once again surface level i like this film honestly i would only watch this film again if i put it on in the background and i'm doing something like every now and then i look over the screen and like ha that's funny people are covered in blood but if i sit down and actually watch this film again i'm probably going to gouge out some eyes but yes i would recommend this film <laughs> contradicting statements yeah Interesting, but hey, this, it's a recommendation film, for me. I'm cool yeah. with that. I mean, obviously, I'm going to recommend. I'm not going to go over all the stuff I already like. Just the answer is yes. I like this film a lot. It's not my favorite film, but it is. It is just such a fun, entertaining, earnest film that's just so damn endearing. I just can't help but love it despite its issues. Yeah, I 100% agree. This is this is 110% recommend for me. I will just I'll use the word that Ian used, and it was charming. However, it the the <clears throat> it may look deceiving on the cover. Don't show this to kids if they're if you no. have, if you have <laughs> any any problems with them seeing blood. Do not show them this movie. It's not a kids movie. It's just, it's a charming film that may bring some older people nostalgia. There's do a lot not. of corn syrup. Lots of corn syrup. Mm-hmm. But this so but this movie gets three recommends all around. Obviously, I love it more than these guys, but that's fine. Yeah, it's a good movie. 
We love it for different reasons. Go watch it. it. It's on Amazon Prime, free with Prime. Go watch it. Oh, same with Final Girls. That's also free on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Please, go watch it. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks. Yeah. Well, for you guys, we're going to talk about it sooner than that, but yeah. <laughs> and then um, uh, before that, before Final Girls, uh, we are going to have another Patreon video of Salem's Lot. Really good 70s Stephen King um, vampire-ish flick, which I'm very excited for. I'm very excited for it, too. Stephen King is one of my favorite writers, and almost all of his video straight, most almost all of his adaptations and movies I like in one form or another. And if they've got issues, I still kind of like them. Have so. you ever seen Thinner? No. I will break your streak I, and I'll show I'm, you that. I'm, I'm familiar with Thinner. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I've only ever seen, as far as like the old stuff goes, I've only seen it. Well, that that's enough for me just because that bathroom scene, you'll die if you try, Beverly. You'll die if you try, if you just stop us. Okay. Going on to scene <laughs> rejects. I, your humble narrator, director, this week, spurned by another one of Jacob's fabulous recommendations, we will be playing the scene of which Apple dies for the first time. I think that's the first time. Yeah. It's one of the many times she dies. (laughs) In the movie, there's a scene where... Apple is is dead, and he, the main character, the kid, is trying to get a spare part for her in the robot graveyard. At one point, he plops her head on a body of another robot. He then goes about his business, or he gets kidnapped or drug out of there, I think, by Frederick. But then she turns on later in the movie, and she basically gets saved. You two will be playing discarded robots, discarded robot heads, <laughs> that have been there for years watching this individual being saved and walk away. The robots you two will be playing. Jacob. Um, you will be playing a pleasure bot. Take that as you will. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, okay. Ian, you will be playing a T-800. Oh, no. Take that as you will. So, you just watched apple there for i don't know five hours be rescued and whisked away and you've been there talking to each other for years go well another one goes and here we stay god i wish someone would plop my head on a body so i could fuck something again (laughs) do you know how hard it is to have this robo brain that just wants you to constantly fuck things and all you can do is roll around. I have detailed files on human anatomy. You are insufficient for your for what you are attempting to achieve. Well, no shit. I have no body. No to body. call my own. I cannot fuck anything with just a head. Well, I mean, I could technically, but I have the wrong head. If I was just the lower half, I think I'd be all right. You and the blonde one are insufficient for dealing with the Zeus. It is one of my kind. Look, I don't need to deal with the Zeus. I just want to fuck something, okay? I'm all about the fucking... <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this anymore. All I require is a face <laughs> plasma rifle. <laughs> going down the gutter. In a 40 megawatt range. All right, uh, you guys. We love you. Thank you for sticking around. I really don't know why you're here. 
But for whatever reason, whether it's a mental illness or other, we appreciate you. Yes, we really do. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for not ejecting these rejects. <laughs>